Welcome to Brew Success Radio, the podcast that brings you the most up-to-date information on training, nutrition, lifestyle and business with your host, Helda Barroso. Welcome to another episode of the Brief Success Podcast. Today we are talking to Aisha Master, Instagram influencer. She has a serious love for digestive biscuits, especially chocolate ones, and she loves long drives. She has an eccentric soul and loves the ideology of evolving style. A writer, stylist, and a major lover of shoes. Aisha, thank you for being on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me, Hilda. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, I think given the circumstances, um, relatively good. The sun's shining, so, so it's not fair, bad. The weather has been pretty good since all this, this quarantine stuff kicked in, which, yes. is, um, which is quite nice, actually. You go, go out for a walk and in the sun and go to the garden, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. So we're coping all right. So I just wanted to introduce yourself uh, to the listeners. Just tell them a little bit more about you. Um, where, you, where you're from, where you've come from, where you are right now, and we'll go from there. So thanks for having me, Helda, and um, it's great for having you guys listening to um, our little conversation. So my name's Aisha Master, as Helda said, and I originally come from Leicester. Um, I am an influencer on Instagram, and I've been doing that for, I would say, the best part of three to four years. Um, I started off actually writing, as Helda said, um, and I used to write for several online fashion magazines and then basically decided to give the influencing world a go. In terms of your writing, how did that start? I guess I always had a passion for creative writing. I studied English language at A-level and I really liked the idea of how language can be used to describe many different things. The idea of reading a thesaurus was quite um, interesting for me. So I would always sit and try and understand ways that I can express some of the things that I want to say on paper. Um, and so that's really where the writing interest came from. Um, I always liked the idea of wanting to do something in fashion, but um, from a very young age, I realized that, um, you know, to do something in fashion, really, I would probably, or at least I thought that to do something in fashion, um, I would probably want to take down the path of doing something via, I don't know, Central St. Martin's or a fashion institute or a university that deals with um, fashion degrees. And that's not something that I wanted to necessarily pursue my career in long term. And so I thought if I could find an outlet whereby I can write, um, because I enjoy writing, um, but then also write about fashion, which I very much enjoy dabbling in as well, then it would be a bit of a dream come true. I think the only downside of it um, for, for people that might be looking at it and this is uh, and we'll come on to this but you know if, if, if you're wanting to turn things into revenue necessarily for example then maybe writing is something that's not the best because it's more of a personal enjoyment in terms of how you express yourself hmm. but not necessarily something that's going to bring you a huge amount of revenue at least for me anyway but i guess nothing now in, in today's world uh, for example blogging has become so big right and a lot, a lot of writers have become bloggers. Yeah. Even, even without a big social media following, you know, they start having this blog on their website, whatever it might be. And that, I guess, brings them some work and some revenue because of whatever, whatever world that they're in. 
And fascism yeah. would be one of them, right? Yeah, I think I think maybe, yeah, so perhaps I, I should rephrase um, what I said. I think you've got a good point. People have started blogging, but I think a lot of that then probably reverted or, or change maybe transpired to vlogging as such because... Yeah, so um, vlogging is a whole different kettle of fish. I think that, you know, through the sort of YouTube avenue, etc., um, being able to let people into your personal life and give them a huge insight in what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, I think that has a popularity um, of its own. And that's, you know, it's huge. Um, people really love that. I think the blogging aspect of it, I mean, yeah. So so perhaps we should talk about the the direction that, my writing then took me in. So I used to write and I used to write for several online publications. And that meant that at least my reading, uh, sorry, at least my writing was out there being read by somebody that was subscribed to a magazine. And so my content was almost not forced, but you know, with good intentions put um, in front of their eyes and they would read it. Yeah. Um, that then led me to, um, thinking about writing for my own blog. And so I set up my own blog and I started writing and I would write about, um, you know, various different fashion items. I would write about some of the trips that I've had, but I guess, you know, I haven't really thought about anything that, that I'm going to say here. This is all just sort of free flow, but in, in the oh. back of my mind, if I, if I yeah, if yeah. I really think about it, um, fashion, and, and writing, I think, uh, I started meeting more and more people that were very visual mm. with what they wanted to see. And that's where strong imagery comes in. So yes, I think having a blog was great. I still have the blog and it's there for me to be able to express anything in writing should I want to in the future. Yeah. It must mean something to me because I haven't canned it and it's still there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do think that it may be, there may be a time that I come back to it, but I just think, in a world where we live, and, and I call it, um, or, or it's described as not necessarily something I call, but you know, a, a marketing technique, and it's, it's about something that's called the omni-channel. Right. When you, when you consider the environment that we live in, um, we as human beings are so used to having everything at the tips of our fingertips yeah. that nobody really has got the patience anymore to sit there and necessarily read through things especially oh. when it's such a saturated market and there are so many blogs out there that people Very can nowadays, isn't it? yeah absolutely. yeah yeah absolutely so um from that point of view when i was referring to um omnichannel that really refers to um how the consumer um wants things direct to them and that consumer could be a reader it could be anybody it's basically this pathway of you know let's cut out all the crap and we just want to get from a to b yes. um, and when you're often writing um, a blog post whilst the writer feels very passionate about what they're writing and i did feel very passionate about yeah. what i was writing it would be some four or five hundred words later that yeah. my message would be received by the reader and i'm just not sure that that was going to be enough to grow me as a person that's recognized in the field um, i would have to be churning out blogs um left right and center which take time to write i, I will come back to that again because imagery doesn't necessarily take any less time as such yeah. but it's just a different process um, or i would have to have a cult following and what i mean by cult following is somebody that's just been followed for the fact that they 
became known to the public at a very young age and everybody has just stuck with them their followers have stuck with them um, throughout their lifespan and they've grown with them um, I started this quite late I was in my 30s so it's fair to say that um, I didn't have uh, a cult following um, I had to build that from from scratch and and that means that you have to you know I guess to be fair you you want to try and get people to like you yeah. Um, because if they don't like you, they're not going to be interested in their in your in your content. You know what? I have, I have a bit of, a bit of a problem with that myself because I write a lot about health and well-being, nutrition, and yeah. I find it really difficult to put that into small, uh, small blog. So when I'm writing, and I write a lot, as you're probably aware, I write a lot, and on my website there's so many articles. And for my clients, you know, I send them articles all the time on on WhatsApp groups that we have. And the, and the private Facebook groups, but I can probably count on my hand how many of them actually read the whole thing mm. um, because it is long, but that's mm. the only way I can express the meaning of that article. I can't put that in, in, into five lines. That's why I need to write hard. And also I can't put that into pictures either. Mm. Um, so for me, I find it really difficult. And I, I know because I'm on the other side, when I see other people's uh, blogs or, or something that they wrote, if it's long, I get halfway through. I'm like, it's taking too long. I just stop. So I know I'm exactly like everyone else. But when I'm writing myself, number one, I enjoy it. And I don't know about you, but when I'm writing about something, that's how I learn. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the human um, where I, I think we we have a a really special way of how we absorb knowledge, and I think it's fair to say that that old. Um, teacher advice at exam time you know when you're crunching and trying to absorb information one of the best ways that you can do it is by reading that passage or reading that element at least three or four times because your brain you know absorbs that information and takes it in and then you begin to know it you have to reinforce that message within your brain for you to remember it otherwise it stays for a short time and then it moves on oh, yeah. but absolutely i think it's it's a great phenomenon that that's how humans um learn and i think you're not alone there yeah. the, the reality of it is though is you being able to express that in a way that does what it needs to do to fulfill your yeah it's tough it's tough yeah to fulfill your messaging but then yeah. somebody's reading that and they're going mm, i'm not, not really sure yeah. yeah which is where the the whole image and the whole video thing kind of comes in then because you're thinking right how can I share this message now in video format, maybe, or in a, in a picture format, maybe, which is, I guess, where you found the difference in terms of putting your message across in pictures instead, instead of a blog. Is that? Yeah, I think so. So let me just tell you, and this will probably help you if I just tell you a little bit about where things started for me in the Instagram world, if you like, because when I was writing um, and the blog was created, I did have an Instagram following, but my account was really very small and it had no direction, nor did it have any strategy in terms of posting and what I would do and my content and how I would create it. So that's been a journey in itself. And I think my Instagram handle itself um, at Master Armas, um, if you wanted to check it out and if you wanted to go quite lower down and have a look at some of my imagery from before, you'd see where that's come from um, and how that's changed over the years in terms of themes in terms of you know um, 
levels of amateurness. Um, so it's changed dramatically. But I basically uh, used, to, used to write, and as a result of um, writing, as we've said, I was contacted by a number of different modeling agencies to actually try and do something creative with them. Um, and where they were coming from. So my article, somebody must have read it, and I guess it does take um, you know a, a one person maybe to, to read something that they really liked. So they read an article that then directed them to my website. Um, sorry, yeah, they directed them to my website, which then in turn directed them to my Instagram, and they saw that you know I wrote well in 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 their opinion, and they also liked the way that I styled myself. Um, in terms of fashion and how I expressed that so and the different things that I would try and the fact that I was a bit daring and I remember this specific conversation was around layering and how I used to layer my clothes um, so they contacted me and they basically said um, you know would you like to come in and um, do some of that or express some of that um, fashion and design onto some of our models when we're creating their lookbooks. So, you know, we always are looking for looks that look very different um, and we want you to come in and we want you to have a look at that. So, um, and this is all uh, unpaid, I should add. This is all, you know, me just wanting to grow and do something that's a passion of mine. Yeah. So um, I went in and um, I began to work with um, a very, very well-known, uh, most of us will know all of the models, they're signed up to that particular agency because they are one of the biggest and I used to go and work with them and help style on some of their shoots and this is when they were creating lookbooks for the models so that they could basically pitch them out mm. um, and they picked an age group which was similar to mine so that the style would be similar because some of the girls start modeling at the age of 13 and 14 so you know certainly women in their late 20s to early 30s and um, it was then really that I had this sort of, um, I don't know, call it an epiphany, I don't know. I, I was basically on set um, several times repeatedly working with these girls and that's where I got to see really what goes on behind the camera and I wanted to give it a go. Yeah, you, you know, the hard work, um, how clever things are done, um, how people... I would like to say pose, but it's just not, it, it's more than that. And I wouldn't be doing it a credit. It's, it's, you know, how, how body structures are shown in light versus shadow and, Absolutely. you know, all these different playful things. Yeah. It makes a lot of difference. So, example, right now you can see I'm quite light. If I do this, I'm not so light anymore. No, absolutely. And that makes a big difference on video. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just a little. And you sat in blaring sun, so. <laughs> yeah, sun is, actually sunlight's great for lighting, right? Especially when you've got lines on your top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Just going back to what you said about working for free. Because this is something that I, I'm really passionate about, actually. Because uh, when I first got into the fitness and well-being world, I did work for free uh, with people that were a lot better. And, and bigger than me in the industry. And I, I, I went in because I wanted to know how they were doing it. You know, what, what, what was it that they were doing, how they were doing it. The back, like you just said, you know, everything in the back that you don't see in day-to-day -day life. And I was willing to do that and you were willing to do that. But unfortunately, most people, people nowadays, especially kids growing up, they're not willing to do that. They want to be stars like that on social media today. Yeah. They want to be personal trainers like that. Then, but it doesn't work like that. So I actually think this is a good message if anybody's listening here that has got a passion about something that you need to, you should 
be willing to to work for free especially if it's I think, yeah absolutely i think i think the way to look at it is that look if you're if you went to so say i did progress on the route that i went to central saint martins and i went into fashion um i would be relying on internships yeah. Um, and to try and get them, most of them are unpaid in the fashion industry. You know, we won't go into that today, but, you know, some, some are paid and paid well, and then some are unpaid, and there is a lot of unfair activity that goes on. Mm. Um, the reality is I would have had to do that anyway, so I don't see why it's any different. I, I think it's, to be fair, I mean, I do feel sorry for um, the young generation or the younger generation of today, because... I mean, look what they're exposed to. So yes, they don't see the hard work that goes behind the scenes, but they see you, they see Helda, they, they, they see your body, um, they see, you know, what you've achieved, they see the business side. Um, if we revert that to myself, they see um, my, my images, they see what's out there, they see that, you know, but, but they don't see anything behind the scenes. And, and maybe that's down to people like us um, sharing more information about what goes on behind the scenes but some people just aren't prepared to do that you know I very much believe that um, th for me it's an outlet to be able to express um, the things that I love but also um, we, we haven't touched on this but inspiration uh, or providing inspiration to people is a huge thing for me um, because I've constantly been inspired I continue to be inspired till this day um, either by people by things by imagery I think so, but I think it's, I, I'd like to think so, yeah. but to be honest, um, I think there are, there are, there are those that are inspired and then will try and do something about it. And then there are those that are inspired and won't really do anything, but constantly feel like they need to do something and yet they won't. I, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a strange one. I'd like to think everybody is inspired, but it'd be great to see more of us doing the things that we love that make us happy. Well, I think that um, the problem that I, this is what I, what I see, I don't know how wrong or right I am or what you think, but I think the majority of the population um, is in this rat race, that um, it's all about, I guess when you're growing up, you've got to love for something. Let's say, for example, me, football, right? When I was growing up, football was everything that I cared about. So I wanted to be a professional footballer. That's all I cared about, right? So you follow your favorite footballers, you know, you, you, you want to be like them, you practice the moves, you do everything. You go in your back garden and you try to do what they did. And that's how I was as a kid. But then I guess as you get on with life and you go to school and you go to college and you start realizing that there's other things in life that get put in your face, such as, oh, you need to have a career, you need to make money, you need to forget about this football thing, you want to be a professional footballer. What makes you think that you're going to be good at football? And then you start being brainwashed into living the life that is what general people tend to think is a general life, such as you have to go to school, you have to get good grades, you have to then go to university and you have to get a degree, and then you have to get a job in that, in that area, and then you become whatever you want to become, right? So, and, and this is the path that most of us are taking. So what we are passionate about, especially as kids, typically doesn't turn to what we do, not very often anyway. I mean, no, there are people who do follow their dreams and, and they do amazing, um, but then there's others that have tried and it doesn't quite work. And then, then it becomes this thing that, you know, how do you get out of that of that day-to-day -day job that you're doing? You've got bills to pay, you've got mortgage to pay, 
you're in a bit of debt, whatever it might be, right? You're going to pay your, your university debt, and then you want to become, say, a social media Instagrammer in, in fashion, but then you can't quit your full-time job, and you haven't got the time to do all the hard work that it takes behind the scenes, it becomes really difficult. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think the one... Um, it's great that we're having this conversation because I think, you know, there's no particular order in everything that we're saying, but there, you know, one thing that I didn't mention is that I've never um, necessarily looked at this as a revenue stream for me. I looked at it as something that I was able to do that was an outlet for me. And I think it's been great. I think everybody, I think regardless of whether or not you enjoy social media, whether or not social media is something that you want to participate in, I think everybody for their own health and sanity need an outlet and to do something that they enjoy. And I think that could be anything. That could be a spot of gardening. That could be, um, you know, sports and fitness. Um, that could be just taking photos. Um, you know, a camera is a wonderful thing in terms of what it does. And I really do enjoy taking those photos that maybe will never see the light of day. So not of me and on my Instagram, but just imagery that you can really cleverly take. I mean, it's phenomenal. These, the cameras these days and the lenses these days that are created. So again, you know, I never considered any of this to be a revenue stream. I think when it got to a point of realizing that for me to be able to sustain in growing, I think one thing was clear in the back of my head, I want to grow at doing this. Otherwise, there is no point in me putting so much of an effort in because then who am I doing it for? Am I really doing it for me? Or am I really doing it to try and reach other people out there because I want them to help me grow but also do I want to inspire them all of these things go on in your head and I thought I can't just be here and be stagnant I have to try and do something that's going to try and reach out um, to other people Mm. and so I spend a lot of time so this is things that again people don't often talk about I spend a lot and and, and you'll know some of this Helda because you know I've trained with you myself and we've spoken about these things um in the past so i spend a lot of time researching i spend time looking at what other people are doing with their content um you know what are they trying to do what's the messaging what's what are people liking and i again came to realize and for people like you and i held possibly who we do have a bit of a similar personality in terms of our um i don't know um tolerance spans maybe but um when you consider that you are the only person that wants to be very very different and that you're so hell-bent on being that way because you think it's going to work for you. I found that for me, that didn't work. I found that I had to give in to myself and I had to start to look at what was popular out there if I wanted to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I had to start giving people more of what they wanted to see, but without crossing the boundaries of my own personal beliefs. So, you know, when... and. I thought I, I can't it's a bit there's a saying isn't there and I can't think about it but it's something to do with being you know you can't harp a harp alone I think it, it, it's to do with working with the masses and you're yeah. when you want to do something that so, so you look at somebody else this is what we all do we look at somebody that's in our field and we're like why have they got it and why haven't I well there's a number of things that come into play there um so I'll be looking at another influencer and I'll be thinking okay I've got marginally more followers but just marginal um we're both great our content's really good um uh why is it that she gets more work than me 
as an example. Well, there's so many factors and that's really unfair. We don't do ourselves enough credit because there'll be a number of things, there'll be things to do with, and again, I don't want to get deep dive into these topics, but yeah. it's great for people that are listening to give them an idea that, you know, I may look different to that person. I will have different hair color to that person, yeah. um, a different size to that person. I might not be the kind of look that this particular brand is going for, yeah. which is a shame, um, but it is what it is. Yeah. So I have to accept that. Do I then want to tell myself that, oh, I wouldn't be more like that person so that I'm recognized? No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is when I look at their content and I say, okay, this seems to be doing really well, but you know what? Everybody's on that bandwagon, so I'm going to try and be different. Well, I found that that didn't work for me yeah. because if everybody's on a bandwagon, There's a reason the only that. way they're going to jump onto your bandwagon is if you're on the same bandwagon. So that kind of reminds me a little bit of, in the world that I'm in, fitness and well-being, and like my, my social media doesn't seem to grow very quickly, which is I'm comfortable with that. I don't have an issue with that. Mm -hmm. But it probably would have grown a lot quicker by now if I was taking pictures of me naked. Like being totally honest, like because uh, fitness models out there, you know, all you see on Instagram, they've got million followers, five hundred thousand followers, and every picture is in with their abs out. Whereas mm -hmm. if you look on my Instagram, you you you'll be lucky to find one picture of me with my abs out in hundred pictures, mm -hmm. because that's not the message I'm trying to put across. Mm. However, if I wanted to grow my social media, that, that should be going. And my wife says that to me all the time. Well, you need to be taking more pictures of you without your top. I'm like, I understand that, but that's not what I want to do. And I guess that comes to what you said, right? You know, I'm not going to jump on that band, fitness bandwagon because that's not what I want to do. However, if I did want to really grow my social media to higher numbers, I would have to do that. Yeah, I think I'd be very uncomfortable if I had to be in that situation. So I would never, I don't think even if, so if there was a bandwagon and it was to do with where I know more images that show skin, so it still happens even in my industry, where girls will have um, bras on, bikinis on, and I'm not comfortable with any of that being on my social media, nor do I feel that that's the right outlet for me to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, my, my, my beliefs, my background, and the way I've been brought up, again, doesn't really marry with that part of things as well so um i mean I, you know as, as a muslim particularly you know yeah. we we don't necessarily show much no. flesh at all so well, if you look uh, at your pictures if people have not been to your to your page i would advise them to go to your page because your pictures are so good and you don't like you. you said you don't show anything like that but they still like if you don't mind me saying some people are still pretty sexy looking right yeah yeah and it still yeah. has that not that not 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 that you know cheapish no clothes, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's style to it. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's right, um, and that works well for my following. I think that works well to inspire other girls who are trying to do something similar. Um, but I completely agree with you there, Helda, that if it was a case of jumping on a bandwagon to put on a bikini, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But what, what, what I'm, I, I guess, again, just to um, reiterate that point, because I don't want to send the wrong messaging, what, what, I, what I mean is I'm looking at the way that their imagery has been styled. So like you said, so, you know, um, how that's shown, what's the emphasis, where's the lens focused on? Is it just a stand-up shot or is it a, you know, um, a head cut-off shot with more details of, I don't know, a bag or a top or, you know, I guess I'm looking at the perspective that the viewer would be looking at that image with. And yeah. if that perspective is something that's aesthetically pleasing 
you hear that word quite a lot in the Instagram world, but if it's aesthetically pleasing, then obviously it's going to bring in the that. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean by, by the bandwagon. I understand. Can I ask you a question that I think is really important? Sure. You said already that there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background to maybe one post that takes 30 seconds to post, but how much work goes into that, to that post? So what's your process of, of thinking about what your next post is going to be um, and what's the first step and then what do you do after that until you post that picture and, and that post? Okay. So um, I got into a habit about uh, six to eight months ago to do a number of things in advance to make life easy for me. So I have a bank of Instagram images, which are no more than, in the worst case, no more than four weeks old, but in the best case, um, within the same week or the week before. Um, like today's a great day. Um, I can, you know, bank up a few images that I can post then throughout the week because I don't know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. Sunlight plays an important part. And particularly where I'm in the middle of transitioning myself um, from, I'm in the middle of transitioning from going from just pure high fashion and clothing content to um, maybe beauty um, and more sort of lifestyle content as well. Mm. So that requires good lighting um, yeah. is what I mean. So I can bank things up. Um, in terms of the process, I would like to say that, oh, I, I, would, I would hope, I would want to hope that there are, what am I trying to say here? I'd like to say that every image follows the same process, mm. but actually it doesn't really. Um, Going back to your question, let me just talk you through um, a, a rough sort of process mechanism over a week. So again, for those that haven't really seen my imagery, probably won't understand what I'm talking about here, but I'll try and describe it as best as I can. So most of my imagery is themed. And the way that I, the best way that I can describe that is if you um, were to look at my imagery or my feed from afar, Maybe you should do that now, Helder, and you tell me that. But this would be interesting. So, if you're able to, so if you're, if you're, if you're, if you look at it from from far, so all together, not a single picture, yeah. and then kind of hold it a little bit far away from you, and tell me that the the, the, the sort of color palette or the yeah. theme you've got going on there is is quite similar. Yeah, it is. It is. So, so I'm looking at it now, and it's very much creams and blacks. Yeah. Grays. So it all yeah. kind of fits in well. Yeah. Yeah. So the coloring is quite similar. And, you know, again, yeah. the way that the way to see um, the growth that I'm also still trying to make, because I'm always growing and learning, is that if you go a bit further down, it starts to get a bit blotchy again, because it was at that point that I realized that I wanted to I do like this and keep it quite that. cohesive. Yeah. That's very different. Like, you've got different colors everywhere. Yeah. So you start going down. Yeah. Um, then it becomes a bit more more themed there, like, yeah. Precisely. So that is, again, part of the planning. And that's taken weeks, Helda. So you're asking the question about, you know, how long. So that's taken weeks. So all of my imagery and most influencers that do the same thing that I do um, will plan their feed and content in advance. I'm, so we use, in advance. Um, it's a rolling thing. So a week maybe some days, because remember, if, if, if some work comes in from a client and that supersedes everything that's of my course, own, then that has to get slotted in there. But I well, have to- Well, let's take today, a beautiful day. 
right? You, you're preparing right now to go and do some, some photos and stuff. So will you take quite a lot of photos today? Um, it all depends on, no, I think quite, quite a lot, it'll be quite a lot of work and the most that I'll end up with is about three images. Wow, okay. But this is important to, to, to talk about because a lot of people think, again, oh look, she just put an image up, that took 10 minutes, whereas not really, you probably took 100 pictures to actually get three out of it. Yeah. Right? And that yeah. can take how many hours? Um, yeah, anything up to three hours. So I work with a number of photographers, um, particularly when we've been out of quarantine. So I haven't been able to do that over the last few weeks. Um, and again, um, I'm paying them. So I was going to ask you that. Is that something that you pay them to do? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're investing in yourself so that you can invest in your Instagram account. Yeah. yeah. I, I've also invested in um, a couple of decent cameras, so I can't rely and don't have to rely always on the photographer. But if we consider, again, my imagery, which is quite outdoors and quite chic in, you know, a lot of sort of southern spaces in London, yes. particularly where a lot of my work is, um, you know, I need somebody to take photographs of me there. That can't happen with me from home. I live in Leicester. So I do have the equivalent of a very good camera that I can use with help at home, which is great. Um, I'm able to work with my daughter, which is really, really nice. So what camera is that? Can you tell everyone what camera you use? Yeah, of course. So I recently purchased a Nikon 750D um, with a 50mm lens, um, a prime lens. And um, again, I'm still learning, but I've got to know a lot over the last few years because I've made that conscious effort to do so. And I know what I require. My photographer generally will shoot with a Mark III or Mark IV Canon 5D, which has been very strongly compared. But when I was looking at the price range, you're looking at one and a half grand versus two and a half grand. I didn't quite want to spend yet. So it's, it is, it's a huge investment, which is, which is great for people that can, you know, um, get that sort of ROI um, yeah. overnight. I mean, fair enough. Mm. Mm. But in terms of the, not just the camera, because the camera might be great, right? But also, how did you learn how to use that camera? So um, I think questions, um, you know, understanding where you want to, um, understanding how you want your images to look like for a start is key. So you're always looking at creating mood boards. I create a lot of my mood boards on Pinterest and I'm always looking at perspectives as to what the lens. So easiest way for me to explain, uh, you know, for those, somebody that's, it's quite crazy. Now I know why when photographers are talking, they sound mad and you listen to them and you're like, what are you talking about? Because I'm going to sound precisely like that just now. But when you think of a, um, a camera that I've got or the camera that my photographer works with, um, you can take um, what we call the aperture level. So how much light comes through a lens right down to a very low amount. And that's what you pay for. So that's the, that's the direct focus on a single object. Um, and the, that the, that the lens allows you to do without sounding technical because I don't know the technical terms. I haven't studied photography, um, but I know that it goes right down to um, an aperture of 1.4, um, which will mean that I could be taking a photo of um, a minuscule ring on my dressing table and it will pretty much soften out everything else around it because the lens is pointing to that. Now, that's where the skill comes in because you could still take that photo and get the lens out of, get the ring out of focus. Mm -hmm. because you have to tell the camera where to look and that's the trickiest part. So um, 
asking questions in, in all honesty. And this is where, again, the time and the length comes in. So say, for example, we're doing imagery at home. Um, you know, we've taken several shots. You look at them on a camera screen, but sometimes, and this has happened too, where you've thought, oh yes, you've got the shot. You've then later on sat down in the evening because you get the memory card out, you put them all onto your laptop yeah. and you go through the sift them and you're like, oh my God, none of them worked out right. Um, so you got to do it all over again. And if it's for a client and a brand that you're working for, then they won't accept it. No. Uh, oh, and that's another thing that I should mention. Um, everything's approved. So nothing goes out without being fully approved by the brand that you're working for. Right. Um, and they have rights within the contract for um, a round of amends as well. So right. if they're not happy with the imagery, you will make that time and shoot again. And that's when you really start to see why you know, people just think, oh yeah, you get paid lots of money um, for, well, actually that's, there's a misconception right there and I'll stop that because you don't necessarily get paid a lot of money. Um, you, you do get paid and it can pay well um, depending on the number of followers that you have, but also the number of likes that you get and the number of comments that you get and how well engaged your audience is with you. I think um, companies have been a bit more savvy to that because- Absolutely. Early, early on in the Instagram world, social media world, people were getting paid just for the number of followers. And this mm. is where the, the buying followers came from, right? Mm -hmm. whereas, whereas now, companies have came to a point where I'm not going to say, they've got a million followers, but they've only had 500 likes. That doesn't yeah. quite, uh, add up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because most of those followers are fake. Um, yeah. So they're not going to come on and like them. Absolutely. Like them. So now, yeah. if, for example, I've got 2,000 followers, 1,500 of my followers, like my post and but you've got 100,000 only 500 like your post then I've got more of a chance of getting work than you do right yeah but yeah. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to just basically you know I think this is important how many hours a week would you say you've spent preparing to to to, to put your work out there I think it never stops so, but if you were to put a you want me to put it into hours? I think it never stops. We, we we have this conversation amongst the influencer community a lot of time. The discipline factor is very very hard. It never stops because you're you become built that way. So you're constantly thinking about creating. Yeah. So so, I see a patch of sun. There's a couple of images in my um, brain mood board that I've been thinking about. I have to do it at that moment, and that. Yeah. You're constantly, it's, it's constant. I can relate to that with what I do because I, I put two, three posts out a day um, without having the thinking of, of how my Instagram looks or color, color coding or whatever. But I'm very much always looking at what, what should I post next. And I'm always looking for inspiration like yourself, you know, other people's pages and seeing what content is people talking about. And then maybe I should talk about that. So I'm very much like you and it just consumes you, right? Um, and I think a lot of people now, they'll look at your page and be like, well, I'm going to start becoming, or they might listen to this, and then they're going to say, I want to become, a, I love fashion, I want to become a fashion influencer. But I want them to realize that it's not easy. It's going to take over your life, isn't it? I think, yeah, no, it is going to take over your life, but I think you have to apply the motto that in life, nothing that's good is easy. Absolutely. Maintaining a healthy, balanced diet, it's not easy oh, because it's good for you. And yeah. you want to always reach out for the easy stuff because it's bad for you. Anything good for you yeah. is hard work. You have to have, 100%. I think, 
yeah, the, you have to have the tenacity um, and you have to have self, um, self-awareness, you know, self, you have to be self-conscious, you, not self-conscious in a negative way, but, you know, you, you have to be committed. Otherwise, yeah. To anything that we do in life, if we're going to be good at it, we have to be committed, right? Yeah, absolutely. In terms of your growth, so you've got over 100,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah. How, how did that kind of grow? What was, what was the process? Do you feel there was like a turning point with anything that you were doing different or you, you became from all of a sudden? I think, point? I think it remained. So I think certainly after I decided to start putting a lot more stretched effort behind it, I would say in the last 12 to 18 months, you know, some real concerted effort behind it. I would say that things started to change. Um, that's when you're trying to be the person that's on the lookout for people snapping you up. And what I mean by that is there are lots of huge Instagram blogs out there. Uh, when I say Instagram blogs, I mean like a cult following blog um, on Instagram with a feed of about eight and a half million followers, um, five million followers, yeah. you know, several hundred thousand followers, which, um, who posts inspirational imagery all day long. That's what they do. And I guess it's quite clever because they obviously set that up a long time ago in the age when things were a lot easier to grow. Like you said, people were quite generous with their following of others, etc. And they built up this following and now they probably make revenue. Some do it for free. Some make revenue on the back of it where they post your images. Mm. Um, and I think that was a bit of a turning point for me when I realized that I was good enough to feature some of those because obviously you get to know if someone's tagged you in an image you get to know that you've been tagged yes. in fact on your instagram you can see it on the third icon can't you you've got your feed icon you've got your igtv and then you've got your tagged posts and you can see where people are tagging you and that's when i started to realize that okay i'm being recognized and i think that makes a huge difference yes. um i've also tried lots of other methods myself like you know i've tried to do so I get a lot of product to try and test, uh, particularly in beauty. I have a lot of female followers. And so I've tried to do like a, a large number of giveaways and things to try and encourage people to come along and follow. Um, it doesn't always last. So sometimes I'll get followers and then, you know, as soon as the giveaway's over, um, a, a number of them will drop off, but some of them stay and you kind of bank on that, but you have to do the due and you have to give them something to keep coming back for. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that, uh, when I look at growing social media, is, is they say you need to be social, right? But I guess this this depends on what type of what type of product you're putting out. Um, like for me, they keep saying that you should, you know, talk to people that are looking to do what you are promoting, such as fat loss, as an example. Um, I find that tough personally to to just pop into a conversation with someone about their fat loss when I don't know. I just it doesn't seem like it would it doesn't seem like it would yeah i know what you mean it would just seem a bit um uncalled for almost yeah yeah i just feel like well i don't want to comment on your transformation you've done well clearly yeah so yeah but you know uh, one of the things that um are similar to you that I, I put a lot of before and afters on my social media and there's pages out there with million followers it's all about uh before and afters and they message me oh i can feature you before and after for this much money. And that does my head in. Because if my before and after was that good, you should feature my picture regardless because it's not me you're featuring. 
you, you, you're going to motivate somebody else to be able to do the same thing. And I, I often message them back and say, look, if you think this lady did really well on the before and after, and she's achieved an amazing fat loss transformation, why wouldn't you as a courtesy actually put a picture up there so you could motivate maybe 10% of your following, which is mm. a big following, to do the same thing? Surely you wouldn't want money on the back of that. But unfortunately, we live in a world where it's all about money, right? Yeah. But the other question I wanted to ask you, uh, obviously, you have grown quite a bit. And although potentially most of the time you are getting a lot of positivity and people love your work, you must be getting some negativity because that's just the world we live in. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with that? Um, so are you, well, I guess I don't because I just ignore it. Um, fortunately, it's not got to a point, and, and that just sounds really cliche, and I'm not trying to be somebody that's not bothered by it. Of course I am. But um, you have to realize that when you, and I'm no way, I'm by no means huge, okay? I get it to some people, um, you know, it'll be a case of, oh my God, you've got such a huge following. You're somebody, you're an Instagram star. You know, the way I look at it is, it's been hard work and um, perseverance that's allowed me to grow and support of my family who've always stuck behind me that's allowed me to grow and to be at that level. Um, th the reality of it is, is that I'm sharing um, a part of me that's out there. Yeah. And if somebody's got something that yeah. they're averse to in relation to that part of me, well then I can't really control that. Um, I, I think coming from a small town mindset, um, like Leicester and the community that I live in and have been brought up in, um, a lot of people have had things to say where they perhaps not expressed it directly onto my social media. Um, but I've heard of other things through hearsay, etc. Um, and the reality is, the only way that you can tackle something like that is just by being yourself and that sounds if you're an obtuse git then no don't be yourself what i mean is generally i'm quite an open happy chatty person and if i see most people um i'll talk to them and i'm happy to talk to them and help them out with any questions that they might have and i think over time people get to see that oh we were just hating on something that wasn't really worth being hated on coming back to the actual social media side of things and people, you know, throwing shade on social media. Um, that had, did happen quite a lot, actually, as we went into this quarantine, funnily enough. So um, as people uh, like myself had banked content, you know, as I've spoken about before, um, were putting images out there of um, us outdoors because they're some of the most images that people love. So, you know, me just standing... Um, in a, in a street uh, with the right color schemes etc offering some style inspiration with my clothing um mm -hmm. and it was like you know uh get get home you know what what the hell do you think you're, you're doing you're dying here you know why why are you outside and so that happened a few times before it was quashed um some girls so before it was quashed and then it didn't come back to me at all some girls now as a result mark everything that they're doing as this post was taken previously yeah, so they don't get that hate. Yeah, but I think that's really unfair. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the world that we live in, but I don't think they should have to justify themselves. I think people should have to understand that the reality is that you're not seeing public in the streets. And if you are, they're in their jammies like me this evening when I go out for my, uh, for my walk or, you know, sportswear or whatever. Yeah, um, I think it's becoming quite nasty, actually, this whole thing, because, look, I don't see nothing wrong with any of us going out for a walk or going to take pictures in the park where there's nobody else, nobody else around. 
you're not you're not putting anyone in the well you go into a supermarket and you're standing there with another 200 people yeah that's a lot worse than going to a park when there's nobody there no precisely but interestingly enough helda i did say to one of the girls um that i follow um and have followed for a number of years, who's really been struggling with content at home, fortunately, uh, unfortunately for her, sorry, she lives in like a one bed flat. Um, yeah. Everything's not so aesthetically pleasing. This is a thing that people do become obsessed with. And so things aren't necessarily to her liking. And so she'd rely on taking images outdoors. Um, she's been struggling with that. But then I've been seeing a few images of her on her stroll, not images of her, her take, her videoing on stories her stroll where she lives and it's very beautiful yes so it's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what i said to her yeah. what she said to me in return was that it still feels wrong because i'm almost if there are girls that really look up to me then i'm almost making them feel like they yeah. need to be outside yeah i get i get i get i, get and I, I didn't i didn't think of that at all uh, right. this was just the other day actually because everyone has been struggling with their content yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's everyone would be struggling regardless, right? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. So let's say, I want to ask this question, let's say there's anyone out there at the moment that's thinking of becoming a fashion blogger mm -hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. What would you be your advice to them? I would say, first and foremost, I would say pursue it. I would say that don't not do something that you'll otherwise later wish that you had done. I think that if you want it badly enough, then, then pursue whatever it might be. But I think make sure that your intentions are neat. If you're considering um, becoming an Instagram star overnight, well, hey, we have known that to happen, so it can happen. And good luck to you if it does, and it'll be great because it has happened to people. Um, but if you go in with the mindset of 110%, you're going to come out more than disappointed. Mm. I think my one key advice would be that think about what you want to offer and how that can fit into the place that social media is. Don't think about being completely different. Think about what people are liking, what people are um, you know, wanting to, um, or what people are inspired by. Um, don't keep beating your own drum if there's nobody else out there that's doing it, unless it's completely revolutionary. So I don't want to say to somebody, oh yeah, quash your ideas. What I'm saying is, if it, unless it's completely revolutionary and, you know, you, you put something out there a few times and you try and really reach out to different people, but nothing really comes back, then maybe you're, you're beating the wrong wrong drum uh, or maybe you need to slightly augment your drum not the wrong drum but maybe you need to slightly change your direction um, but still try and get to the same point um, and and baby steps try and think about what you want to put out there um, and where that fits in and how you can deliver your message so do it let's put that into some steps sorry so number one would be do it don't not follow your dreams uh, number two don't go in with really really high hopes i know that everybody is encouraged from a young age to reach for everything as far and as high, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think what doesn't come with that is the advice around anxiety when you don't get there. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, try and be um, a bit more realistic about it. Um, if you want to be anything like me, try not to go into it with the idea of revenue, a revenue stream, you know, do it because it's something that you love to do. Yeah. And then assess it. Give it time. Don't just um, think that, you know, 
I've done this and it's just not happening and I'm really feeling impatient and I feel really let down and I can understand all of those things because I've been through them. Yeah. But give it some time, six months, a year, knowing that you've tried hard to push everything out there and then assess it with that mindset. If you know that you're a bit half-egged and you haven't really worked very hard in trying to push yourself out there and then you're wondering why you haven't gone out there as much as you wanted to, then that's down to you. Um, but yeah, I think that would be my advice. And hey, uh, disclaimer, um, I'm no expert in any of this. I've merely um, you know, come on to have this chat in hope that it does help um, others, you know, well, you where I started and where I am. You said you're not a, a, an expert. I don't think any of us are expert at anything. Yeah. But we, you've been successful at growing your social media. No, and I, and I appreciate that. And I, and I guess no. I have. But that's kind of, you have got some expertise that most of us don't have. Yeah. That comes with a lot of tears as well, though. That comes I, with, I, um, you, you know. know like you said earlier on, uh, Aisha, nothing worth in life comes easy. No. You know, I'll go back to what I do as a job. You just said exactly the same thing. If you don't input the work that's required, the dedication that's required, you're not going to get what you want. And most people that I work with, the people that succeed are those who have worked hard, those who are consistent, those who, even where they go in, they've got, they've got a, 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 a path and they know where they're going, right? And the consistency yeah. is the key. And it's the same thing in human life. If I now all of a sudden wanted to grow a social media page, I know that's what it takes, right? If I wanted to become the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, I know that's what it takes, right? And it's going to take over my life. Unfortunately, most people are not willing to put in the hard work in anything, unless they're no. passionate about it, such as you. No. Yeah, no, no, and I and I completely understand that, and I agree with you that most people don't want to, and I think a lot of that is has been created because there's just so much out there that everybody's bumping into all of these sources and all of these influencers and all of these fitness um, gurus, and you know it's just like oh hey I can do this if everybody else is doing it so and nobody looks behind the scenes um, and I, and I get that and again I question myself that you know am I doing enough to show people the back. The, the backstory maybe not maybe I don't want to maybe that's not I just want things to look quite polished and you know that's what I'm striving to do it's not about get to know everything about me it's about get to know a part of me so um, I think um, yeah I guess you know I have done well at growing my account I, I think that the <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny I say that because I think where I want, where, where I thought I wanted to be and where I am is two different things as well. So I'm always yeah. still searching for ways to grow and try oh. and change that. And hey, at the same time, there could be somebody out there that none of this means anything to, you know, of who course. says, and this is, who says you have to be a fitness instructor and be this successful? Absolutely. Who says you have to be an influencer? And be this no, successful? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you, know, you know what, one, one thing that, that, and this is why you know, this podcast is important, because success is measured differently in, in every aspect. So although people may look at you and think that you're successful, mm. you still don't think you're successful, right? You're still striving mm. for more. Yeah. And that's what makes you who you are as a human being. So success is, is, this is why I call the radio success radio, because breathe success, because how do we all breathe success? Success is different for all of us. It's how, yeah. we, it's how we perceive success to be and how we perceive ourselves to be successful, right? And this is why I wanted to end this by asking you. So I've got four things I live by. They're health, wealth, love, and happiness. They're my four 
um, values and my four pillars. And all of those four They're have... good pillars. Yeah, so they, 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 they all have a certain... I want to achieve a certain amount of success in all those. So what, what does success look like to you in terms of your health? You mean what? It, what does it look like to me to today in this current situation? No, or ideally, where would you want to be? A success. What would be success to you, health-wise? Um, going to sleep every night at ten p.m. and having a solid eight hours of sleep. Any reason why you don't? My brain's always ticking. Um, and I think that the reality of it is, is that if this goes on for much longer and I don't manage to settle myself down, I'll begin to age myself unnecessarily, which is why it's important to me from a health benefit perspective. Yeah. And what, in terms of wealth, what does success look like to you? Um, having enough disposable income to be able to spend on things that make me and my family happy in terms of love what does success look like to you being surrounded by um being surrounded by a family who support everything that i do and i think i have that You're so right. that's yeah. good yeah i can't really imagine anything else but yeah and yeah. in terms of happiness what does success look like look like to you Inner peace. Amazing. So Inner that, peace. That's, that's, that's my last my question. What I wanted to say to you now is if people want to find you, Aisha, if they want to interact with you, if they want to see your work, where's the best place to find you? Um, probably most of us have Instagram downloaded on our phones. Um, so probably the best. My blog name is a bit of a mouthful. I know you got to it, Helder. Um, it is a mouthful though. So I, no, I, 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 I'll pop the link in the note, show notes anyway. But is, okay. can you tell everyone what it is? Yeah, Master. Oh, yes. Yeah, so my handle is at Master Amos, which is everyone thinks it's a very cleverly sought up name. Actually, it's not at all. It's just my surname and then my initials um, in that order. And then my blog name is www.compendiumamplified.com. Awesome. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on the show for sharing your story with us and all the insights into into your life and into your social media world um i wish you all the best i hope you and your family stay really safe at these moment in times and i like yeah, to you too you too and thank you for the chat and i hope to speak to you again soon we'll sure, we'll sure do it again when you reach a million followers <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's see thank you Rachel. keep no on worries take care i'll see you Cheers, soon Elder. Bye. 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 Bye.